Hello and welcome. I'm Rich Perley and this is the Peer Digital Podcast. This show is for technology leaders who want to discuss important topics and issues of the day from a technology perspective. Everything from digital transformation, business continuity planning for coronavirus, legacy infrastructure replatforming, and much, much more. I'll be helping to guide your transformational journey, navigating through tough terrain while overcoming obstacles and reducing costly mistakes. Whether you're a CEO, CIO, or just trying to plug into the digital landscape, you need proven strategies and someone who has been there and done that. You can learn more and stay up to date at peerdigital.com. Rich Purley is CEO and Managing Partner at Peer Digital Advisory Solutions, a boutique consultancy that supports companies on their journey from legacy technologies and business models to the realization of a digital operating model. Rich shares insight from the perspective as former CIO and EVP for Global Services at Beckton Dickinson, now a leading independent consultant, helping Fortune 500 leaders take advantage of accelerating technology change, digitally transforming their organizations and culture. All opinions expressed by Rich Purley and Peer Digital and podcast guests are solely their own opinions. Hello, this is Rich Perley in the Peer Digital Podcast. Today's topic, getting back to business, reopening your business safely during COVID-19. Before we get into the podcast, one of the things that we had talked about in some of the previous episodes is a toolkit that we've been putting together. And one of the things that we're pretty excited about, and we're going to talk about it in the podcast, and then we're going to give you some links to go to it, is the whole timeline to reopening and some of the key phases that we're going through. Some of these phases we've already been through, disruption, and then some of the phases I think we're in now. So a lot of companies are triaging where they are, planning on where they're going to go. And really, this is leading up to a a full reset of what they're doing. And we believe it's going to turn into a fifth phase, which is transformation. I'm extremely excited today to have a special guest. It's Dr. Shakti Kumar founder and CEO of Beacon Health Sciences. He's a, this is a board-certified medical practice that has been on the front line in providing COVID-19 services, including free care to over 800 first responders in various communities across the metropolitan New York and New Jersey area. I'm proud to call Dr. Kumar a friend. I've known him since I was at Becton Dickinson, and he was my partner helping me through a lot of complex technology issues. He's a great guy. I'm excited to have him here. And with that, I'd like to turn it over to Shakti to kind of talk a little bit about himself, his organization, and then we can do some Q&A. Shakti? Thank you, Rich. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. It's really very exciting to be on this podcast. When Rich reached out that he was putting together a COVID-19 toolkit for business organizations, I was very thrilled to be part of this podcast and kind of share a little bit from a provider perspective what we are seeing out there. A little bit about Beacon Health Sciences. We are a multi-specialty board-certified practice. We started off in the early 2019. That seems like a long time ago. And we provide personalized medicine care, multimodal care to our patients in New Jersey and the surrounding tri-state areas. And over the last few months, with the onset of the pandemic, we have been thrust into the midst of helping our communities deal with this crisis. 
And first and foremost, from all of us here at Beacon Health Sciences, our heart and minds and prayers to all of those that have been impacted by this event. And so we started off with the providing our services, various healthcare facilities. We've conducted screenings, testing, as well as free care to many communities. And now we are extending the same to organizations. And that's how this podcast came about, working with Rich on this one. So happy to share a little bit more about it later part of the session. Thanks. Thanks, Shakti. And I think those of us who have either a family member that's been impacted by this or relatives in the healthcare profession. I have a niece who's a nurse, University of Michigan, and it's just, you know, it's been a tough time, I think. So can you share a little bit with us of some of the things that you guys have been seeing and dealing with on the front line? I think it's important to kind of level set on the whole human aspect of this as we move into the conversation and not not miss that part of the conversation. Absolutely, Rich. And so I think as we look at the, the COVID-19, you can almost look at the different dimensions of what this has done to the society. And, and I think the primary observation from all of us being in the front lines is in a very strange way, this event has brought all of us together. Today, each one of us are connected to, the, to each other in a society unlike any time before. Our actions and what we do as individuals, as families, as business owners, as, as corporations impact the, the life of others. And so that has been kind of like a sort of a strange revelation for us. The other aspect also has been socially. It's We've seen that over we started off the, the whole aspect of care and providing services related to COVID-19 way back in March when there was lack of systemic sort of guidance and as well as protocols. We were all, we were all learning. We're still learning from it. And one thing that is really predictable about COVID-19 is the unpredictability of it. And what I mean by it is that we've seen people of all ages, of all demographics, getting impacted by the disease. The, the vectoral spectrum of COVID-19 uh, we are learning. You know, initially we started off saying there's only a few vectors and few isolates to which, you know, we could get the disease. And now we see a whole spectrum of that and we are still learning. We've seen patients who have been asymptomatic, fully cured, and the, the test, the RT-PCR, the isothermal molecular coming double, you know, double negatives in, in about a month. And, and even as of last week, we've seen patients 65 days into COVID-19 and, and still they've not regained their sensorium, still testing positive and so on. So it's kind of interesting in one way, but at the same time, we all have to realize that this one, there is no one standard guideline. You can never say, you know, everybody goes through the same phases of the disease. And it impacts individuals and patients in a different way, especially the immunocompromised. It could be the comorbidities and so on. And so that is, that is one aspect of it. The, the other one is uh, from what we're seeing in the front lines is that the various businesses and various organizations, what it has done to families and, and the economy. And, and one thing is very certain, right? We can never wait. We can never get cooped up in our houses to, to have the disease go away. We have to learn to live with the disease. We, this is because barring any unforeseen positive developments and circumstances coming up in the next few months, I think we are in it for the long haul. And we have to treat this like any other seasonal illnesses like flu and strep, but perhaps, you know, with what we call in epidemiology as a higher or not factor, we have to deal with it as such. So 
that's another observation, Rich, is that, you know, we have to learn to live with the disease. And, and that's kind of interesting to what you're doing in helping business organizations, kind of how do you cope with this as you reopen? Yeah, thank you, Shakti. And I, th- I think that's one of the things that we're trying to really work through. And as we think about organizations that we've talked to and that we're working with on a daily basis, everybody's handling a little bit differently. Some of the timelines we talk about from people have gotten through triaging, understanding the impact of the organization, getting into planning, and, and how do they start what I would call a phased reopen. It's really looking through that differently. So along that line, because again, the the topic today is helping organizations think about how to reopen their business. What should they be doing so that they can reopen the workplace in a safe way while helping provide, I think, employee peace of mind? Because I think that's one of the things that all of us are looking for is how do we make sure that when we go in the workplace, that we're safe and that when we come home, we're not bringing something back to our family. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I think as businesses, depending on the type of business, right, the CDC has put out some guidelines and and the state agencies have, have given us some roadmap, especially in New Jersey and New York area. We have a roadmap for recovery, right, has how to reopen businesses and what kind of businesses are reopening. I think the primary thing to look at it for businesses and, and corporations is looking at putting together some form of controls in place. And the the thing that needs to be protected is just not only the personal health and the well-being of their employees, the customers and clients, but also reopening is not a huge thing because, you know, once the, the guideline comes out, you can just reopen it with some minimal structures in place. It's about how do you sustain it over the course of the next few months? Because various experts in the area, various infectious disease experts, uh, including Dr. Fauci, you know, we've gotten some some guidance and saying that, you know, we're not really sure how this virus is going to manifest itself in late summer and early fall. So how do you sustain, how do you control the trajectory of your business uh, and at the same time protecting the well-being of the employees? And one of the things that organizations should be looking into is that putting together some what uh, we call as proactive and reactive controls. And one of the first things you need to be doing is stop the disease from getting into the confines of your workplace, which means that isolating the vectors. And who are the vectors? The vectors are the people. And then at the same time, assuming that you have cleansed your workplace, your environment, you've disinfected your uh, workplace and environment, which needs to happen, by the way, on a periodic basis as you reopen You need to make sure that the people that are entering into the system, the vectors that are entering into the system, are virus-free or or will minimize the chance of spread of infections. And and one of the biggest things you can do proactively is broad-range screening and testing of your workforce. And depending on the type of businesses, for instance, a lot of the physician practices and healthcare organizations have started elective procedures. And as before a patient comes into an elective procedure, the guidance is that the patient gets tested, you know, for COVID-19, because especially in a lot of disciplines like GI, and you're very, very close, intimate contact with the patient, despite all of the PPE, the aerosolization, the virus and, and its impact of contamination is not predictable. So you have to stop the, the spread of virus by controlling the vectors. And that is the first step would be is screen your workforce. 
and ensure that you screen and test your workforce. And it's not a one-time event, Rich. It needs to happen. There needs to be periodic frequency. And again, there is a guidance given by health agencies, by local state Department of Health and CDC of what that needs to be. This podcast is sponsored by Peer Digital Advisory Solutions, a boutique consultancy that supports companies on their journey from legacy technologies and business models to the realization of a digitally operating model. If you would like to learn more about Peer Digital and see notes from today's show, visit www.peerdigital.com forward slash podcast. Now back to the show with your host, Rich Purley. Talk a little bit about what Beacon Health Sciences is doing to support some of these efforts, because I think these are critical things for companies to contemplate and put those controls in place. So how do you fit into that system? Right. So we talked about some of the proactive things can organizations can do in preparation for reopening their workplaces. There are some essential businesses. We work with a lot of essential businesses that need to be open. Uh, R&D departments, distribution warehouses, the hospitality industry, the transportation industries, and so on. That needs to be you know, ongoing. And so what we do as a medical practice is we give them the infrastructure and the support to put in the proactive controls, meaning making sure that their employees that are coming in on a particular periodic basis are screened and tested for the virus. Uh, that's a very important thing you need to do. And there are the different modal therapies, you know, how you do that. You can either, you know, go with the standard uh, RT-PCR or you could even do a saliva sputum test, different tests are available. So we do that and we provide that on-site for businesses and their organizations so it's more convenient. Just imagine you having like hundreds and thousands of employees and having them to go in a very unorganized manner to individual testing agencies and coming back and trying to aggregate that. It's almost an impossible task for organizations. So we coordinate the medical intake evaluation of each of the employees and and organizing screening and testing. The other aspect we talked about is making sure the workplace is safe enough. And, and Rich, you know, you are a big proponent of open workplaces, if I remember. You know, yeah. <laughs> now we're going to have to go back and close it all off. Exactly, right. So we are working right now with a commercial realty, and it's an interesting challenge for that with our experts in ID and pulmonology and others. You know, we, we are having conversations around how do you really redesign the workplace of the future or the new normal, right? Because what is normal has been redefined. And as I mentioned, we have to learn to operate our economy, operate our businesses, and live our lives with this being around us. So how do we do that? And so we are we are helping organizations with some of those consultations. How can they keep their workplaces you know, safe? So that's another aspect of it. And then we talked about some of the reactive controls. The reactive controls, some of them are obviously the, the hygiene they need to put in place uh, within the organization. So most frequently, the usual normal ones that most of the agencies have provided, the frequently touched you know, surfaces need to be disinfected to all the way to cleaning your ventilation uh, vents. There has been cases and there are studies ongoing. And the good part of the, about this, Rich, that we are seeing as providers is that the scientific collaboration has been fantastic. There, there are so many studies coming out, which is very interesting to be able to get a gauge on what needs to be done 
to combat this virus. And so even ventilation, there has been transmission of viruses as far as 25 feet. Wow. And so how do you yeah. yeah. So so those are some of the things that we help with and including providing guidance of the proper PPE, depending on the type of the business. Okay. I think we're talking a lot about the tests. And I think one of the questions that I get are, what are the tests that are out there? What are people using? How effective is the test? And so can you talk a little bit about that? I know that you have been using some of the tests developed by Rutgers. So maybe talk a little bit about that and how good are those tests from providing an accurate result? Yeah. And and so our endeavor has been is to extend to our patients, to our communities, to business corporations, those tests that are, are it's continuing to evolve every every week there is a new approval coming in or a new guidance coming in what is out there that has scientific merit right and and one thing that we all need to rely on during these times is working with synthesized data with evidence-based data that shows some level of accuracy and so on and accuracy is a, a lot of people ask us about how accurate are the tests and without really getting into the specifics, which in itself, you know, would, you know, there is something called the sensitivity of the test and the specificity of the test. Those two are the ability of the test to detect the presence of a pathogen or the absence of one. And those are the two key metrics. And that combined with larger positive predictive values and so on will determine how accurate the test is. But the two main important facets of testing the one is you test for the active virus, and that's the first kind. And, and the active virus can be done. Well, we work with all commercial labs. The RT-PCR is the kind of the, the standard that most follow, which is a nasal swab. And quite recently, we're excited to actually work with organizations, you know, including the Rutgers Genomics Lab that is offering the FDA-approved sputum test for active virus. We have seen very good correlation of results from those two. And then the other facet of that is have the individuals or patients been exposed to the virus in the past? And that is measured by the antibodies, uh, the antibody test. Now, that has garnered a quite a bit of attention uh, in the media, both sides. But we do believe that there is a place for that. There's several prevalence on the larger community, that kind of an analysis. And those tests have gotten better over the last few months. And there are tests that are uh, highly accurate. While it cannot really be used to determine whether employees can return back to work or not, it gives us a good understanding of the larger prevalence in the in a workforce or in a community and should be used in conjunction with the active virus test and any other clinical symptoms. And a provider can make a judgment on the further diagnosis or what needs to happen and whether an individual can return to work or not. So those are some of the different aspects of what's going on in screening and testing. And then also the social aspect of this is that we have helped identify so many plasma donors because once you have the the COVID-19 and you recover from it and you have the antibodies, uh, your plasma can be very valuable. And so there is a protocol you follow to, to identify those individuals and then we refer them to one of the plasma donation centers, which I think you know, will, will help the broader community at large. Okay, so the king for a day question. So you've got an opportunity to connect with CEOs, CHROs, COOs. What are a couple pieces of advice that you would give them right now 
to help them as they think through back to work from your perspective, having worked with many large organizations over your career? What would you, what would you say to them? I think this is the time that we need to be thinking about not only the, the economic health of the businesses, which is obviously very important to all business leaders, but also looking at the well-being and the long-term health of their employees. And how do you balance the two, right? Everybody is grappling with that question. And I think uh, there is a way to do that. There could be a way to do that in a, in, a, in a manner that's least intrusive to the business and least intrusive to the individual lives as well. And, and one piece, if I think, if I may pass this on, is that make sure you have a strategy for reopening your businesses. And that strategy should include employee health and wellness. And one key component, we talked about proactive controls, what you should be doing as a business to protect the health of your employees, take it seriously, right? And, and there are tools available. There are, there are medical methods that are available. There's screening methods available right now. And even with the vaccines coming on, no one really knows, you know, when we all hope it's going to be soon. So we have seen timelines of some hopes and promises of, you know, early fall to end of next year. But even with those coming on, we don't yet know the the level of how, you know, the immunology of this whole thing works. And, and there are experts kind of, you know, looking into it. And until studies come out with a more definitive guidance, the way to do this is that, you have to open up your business, and this is the new normal. So it's a it's a fantastic opportunity for all business leaders to innovate and 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 redesign the businesses. But while doing so, make sure you protect the health and well-being of your workforce, and use all of the screening models and the modality that's available out there. And I think you know that's number one thing. And and the last thing, Rich, you know, I might, I might want to pass this on is with so much going on with the pandemic and 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 uh, so much civil unrest going on and everything else. One thing kind of dawned on me this morning as I was kind of driving to to work. And I think we need unifiers in the system. And I think the business leaders have a fantastic opportunity right now to to become unifiers and bringing together the business goals and the purpose. In, in making sure the workforce is productively employed and engaged while they actually deliver the services and keep the economy going. And, and how do you do that? That's the balancing act. And at least we are humbled at Beacon Health Sciences to do our part. We continue to serve the first responder community and several businesses. So that is kind of what is the message I would like to get out. Fantastic. So just a quick summary. I think what we heard from Dr. Kumar was make sure that you've got a testing strategy in place, that you're actively managing it, and that you're working with the appropriate partners. Part of that cleaning, I think effective communications, we, don't necess- we didn't necessarily touch on that, but that's a big part of this, making sure that you've got the right connections within your organization and with people in your community. Obviously, linkage to state and local government, that's going to be critical because, as we know from our weekly publication, every state is at a different point on the continuum, even down to counties and municipalities. So make sure that you're plugged in accordingly to government agencies. Now's the time for us all to come together. I think I think Shakti nailed it. How do we as leaders really drive this in a safe way for our employees, but also use this as an opportunity to help transform our organizations? Because I think I think there is a huge opportunity underneath that. So I'll take a minute to thank Shakti for his time today. This is going to be a really session. And I want to turn it back to Shakti for the final words. Shakti? Thank you, Rich, for having me over. And I think you very eloquently summarized our conversation. 
as I mentioned earlier on, there will be a lot of uh, connectedness in the society. And I think the pandemic and, and we have to reopen, we have to keep the businesses going. Each one of us, we have a part to do in this fight against COVID-19. And business leaders, business organizations, business owners, they have their part to do as well. And there are a whole bunch of things that you could do to keep yourself, your employees, your customers and clients safe during this pandemic. Starts from, Rich alluded to it, the screening protocols, the testing protocols, but that just doesn't stop there because it's not a one-time event. It has to be on a recurring basis based on the type of business you have. You have to have the right type of the PPE that's required uh, for your business. Please make you know judicious decisions on that. And, and that is a place that you need to look into. The third important thing, which is all of a sudden, now the emphasis has become on, become on health. You know, you know, the emphasis is on health and it's on uh, individual health. And so it's not only about making sure you prevent the infection, but there are a number of people, a number of people amongst us recovering from COVID-19 that are still, you know, how do you deal with that? And how, how do we re-energize ourselves around a better health platform? I think that is kind of where, you know, my plea to all the business leaders and everyone is, you know, let's work together on this. I'm pretty sure we'll overcome this pandemic and we'll look at better times. Thank you, Shakti. And we'll have links to Shakti's website and materials and contact information as part of what we publish from the webcast, as well as links to the materials that we talked about at the introduction of the session. So Shakti, again, thank you very much for your time today. Good luck in what you're doing and it's critically important for us. Thank you very much for your service. Absolutely, Rich, and best wishes to to your model and toolkit. I do believe that what you're putting out there together as a phased approach for organizations to consider as a process framework, as a procedural framework, I think we need that. And and so good luck with you and, and your associates as well. Thank you.